you can't replace what we learn in this industry and and take it and try to do something different with it where there was more job security, there was insurance, there was a future. Welcome to the Sparkle Up podcast, the show for service industry people by service industry people. Whether you're just off a short-staffed lunch, a double, or a clopen, it's over. Now it's time to decompress and hopefully have some laughs. We can all vent and learn from each other. You are all awesome, and we will prove that. So kick back, crack, or pack what you need. And where's the MOD? I have like five voids that I need done. We are your hosts, Cosmic Smash and Rainbow Pop, looking forward to telling our stories and hearing yours about the often shared experiences in the service industry. Whether you're new to the trade, a cynical seasoned vet, or no longer in, join us this week as we talk about the beautiful and messy grind of an underappreciated career, and more importantly, the human connections we have all made in it. Then you're gonna make me. I can't even. ah, Fuck. I gotta. Where's the? All right, I found it. God damn it. Right, I'll tell you see. what, Rolling Rock, talk to me a little bit about Rolling Rock. Okay, so Rolling Rock, I didn't even know they made cans. I mean, do you hate the cans? No, I love cans. The, all Kind of all forms of cans. Right. I'm trying to think of a, an example where cans are a bad thing. I haven't thought of one yet. I've been rolling them around. Oh, got it. What is it? Mustard gas cans. Ooh, good call. That's pretty That's bad. probably bad. Unless okay, you want people to not breathe air ever, then they're ever again, then it's pretty useful. Extremely <laughs> successful. Uh, uh, yes, can, but that is a that is a can, isn't it? That's where the word came yeah. from. It's canister. Yeah, it's canister. Yeah. Who thought tin of that? canister, alum, uh, aluminum canister. Yeah, aluminum. And then they figured out the way to... Make oh, good one. the cheapest metal version for mass production. Yeah, of Can't course. Ister. So, anyway, Rolling Rock. Mm. I think I'm just going to have to give them some mad love. I think it's time to give a uh, a Rolling Rock props here. A little shout out. Yeah, and I don't know what their ad campaign really says, but I know what it mm-hmm. needs to say. Rolling what should Rock. it say? Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. Rolling Take Rock. <laughs> Take five. <laughs> try. All right. Try we'll try it one more time. This times. time, I'm going to super shut up. And Have whenever a- you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually unintentional. <laughs> I know. That's why I lost it. You weren't even looking at me. <laughs> no, I was like, all right, just go ahead, though. This time for real, go ahead. No peeksies. Go. <laughs> Straight face serious. Oh boy. Browing rack. Nope. <laughs> I can't I can't even do it. Ciao. <laughs> so this is what the outtakes and director's cuts of comedies are. Yeah. hundred percent. This is just like try to get it through. I got the giggles. Mm-hmm. You got the giggles. I can't get the All giggles. Right. I gotta get them out. All right. Um got it. Got it. I'm ready. This segment's brought to you by Rolling Rock. It's just beer. Fair. Didn't like it. I don't I mean I don't hate it. So their deal, the glass lined tanks of old Latrobe 
So That's I guess their brew tanks are lined with glass, which is odd. Drink Rolling Rock. It's just beer. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't even have time. Kudos to them for putting keeping their little 33 on the thing. Right. That was always their big deal. But yeah, I remember it being a big deal um, being released huh. as a bottle. Huh. 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 <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> this microphone is awesome. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking loudly and... And then I'm talking quietly. And I've got a baby's fist in between me and the microphone. I mean, that's about where I'm at. Yeah. Maybe but I, I mean, just don't spay and then words. they got the horse on the rolling rock. Yeah, their logoing extra, hasn't changed in extra ever. Pale. Since yeah. 1939. Jesus, are you serious? Established 1939. I crushed mine on accident. La robe. Lat robe. Yeah, it's where you put your robe. It's right on your last line tanks of old Latrobe. We yeah. tender this premium beer for you for your enjoyment as a tribute to your good taste. It comes from the mountain springs to you. Thirty three. <laughs> what? I don't know, dude. There's something to that thirty three. I, I don't know. know. It's in quotations and yeah. it's trademarked. I mean, I at guess some we point gotta we'll look it up. It. I'll fucking oh, look fucking God, God, God damn it. Shit. But anyway, you arrest me when we got these. I mean, I hadn't had Rolling Rock in fucking 12 plus years, probably. Well, dude, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I had a Rolling Rock, but why they were cheaper than a 30 pack and that light, I have no idea. Well, it was a great buy. And we did realize that when you, <laughs> that's how it came up, right? You're like, how, how's your Rolling Rock? I was like, it's just beer. <laughs> yeah, it's just beer. It's just beer. Yeah. Okay, James L. Tito, sounds like a pedophile, former CEO of Latrobe Brewing, opined that the quote 33 signifies it, the 33 words in the beer's original pledge of quality. My guy's counting them right now, which is still printed on every bottle. If you listen closely, you can hear the finger tapping the can. Hold on, I I don't I don't think so. I don't I don't think so. Wait a minute. Okay. Is it this? Though? Is that what it is? All right. Okay. Well, all right. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty, thirty-one. Okay, so now I'm seeing 33 refers to the 1933, the founding of the Pittsburgh Steelers. 33 degrees Fahrenheit, proper temperature to keep the beer. 33 degrees. Oh, it's okay. It's all about 33 of degrees of nonsense. Freemasonry. Good it's God. Sneaky. That's a goddamn well, rabbit you hole. You know what it did? Made us, Made us look. look. Made you look. Rolling Rock. It's not just beer. <laughs> It's also Larry Bird's favorite. Yeah. Rolling Rock. Brought it's to full, you by Rolling Rock. It's full at the top. Rolling Rock. Brought to you by Rolling Rock. Yes. This podcast is soon to be brought to you by Rolling Rock. It's just beer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so dude, I, I do want to touch a little bit on 
what our guests talked about today with respect to uh, large-scale event um, catering slash banquets. I mean, I don't know what she is handling now is mostly a catering style. Uh, banquet style, to me, is fairly similar. Uh, you know, not having worked for or at the scale that she's at, I know that both of us have definitely worked uh, oh, yeah. for for restaurants that had um, either banquet rooms, banquet rooms, big venues yeah. where they would, you know, Matt, it will do to me. Okay. Well, I so mean, like I we, think about that for a second though. And like even the barkeep stuff I did was, was dude for sure. Catering, you know, I would it's go to homes or catering. parties or events mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. take an entire truck full of shit that I had to set up and, and then, and then sling break down and break and then, down and take, and it's take back catering. And, yeah. Um, catering. Yeah, uh, and yes, she is doing it on some massively, like monstrous scale, which is awesome. Sure. Like, yeah, way to way to crush. I mean, I, I think the largest stuff I ever did was some of the weddings and stuff that I was yeah. either banquet hall style or did some catering for. And it was you know roughly two hundred was probably around yeah the biggest. Other than like setting up at a big big event, but there's like forty other vendors, and so. It's not like you're responsible for everything. No, but I mean, like, if you're if you're doing an event where you are it, right? Like, you, where you are handling everything. Uh, my my thing is, it's just like, I think the one of the bigger ones that I worked was maybe like, I don't know, like a hundred, hundred and twenty five people. Yeah, but there were only like three of us. Yeah, yeah. And I did a couple of, of because, those. Because, you know, everything is... It's not on mass. It's mass-produced, sort of. like So you get a... A couple of trays of You get a X. production level of... To me, I guess it kind of makes me understand how things go from, let's say, um, you know, a, a restaurant making things to order to, like... McDonald's or Taco Bell, right? To where right, yeah. everything is so structured, so streamlined, so exact. Or if you're like, let's just say you're making things for like a 15, 20 person party, but you make, let's say you're making like a, like a shrimp taco, right? Yeah. 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 So if everybody gets two tacos, right? Let's say it's 20 people, you do 40 tortillas. Yeah. You get, Two like avocado slices per thing. Per, it's just like yeah. prep cooking, right? Yeah, it's the exact idea of like portion control. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, also portion <clears throat> like, but also ex- specific quality yeah, as well. Exaction, right? if that's a word, you know, like exact yeah. portions. Like you've got, I don't remember how many times we did prep in different spots that we did where you know you do X amount or X ounces of. You know, whatever it is, yeah. ingredients. The pasta, the yeah, yeah you'd have earth, well, that's the other salad thing too, mix is, and yeah, when you're on a line or whatever, it's it's all so about the just, like ladle size that you use. <clears throat> you don't mix that up. Like no. every day you grab the two ounce ladle for mm-hmm. this, you know, sauce yeah. or that was one of the cool things that I learned is working in the back of the house is like I did also do prep, but like when I was on the line and we had in the super corporate place we had all that prep stuff. It's because 
it it reduced your cook time so you could fire things faster because you just grab yeah. the prepped, you know, portion, pre-portioned mm-hmm. item, throw it, fire it. Yeah, throw it in a hot pan and then yeah, and, heat it up yep. and it's good to go. You don't have to... Now, one of the things I did love about like independent restaurants that I worked at was the sauces were made to order. Right. The pasta was the only thing that was pre-portioned based on ounce. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to boil fucking water and no but right. we no but but the other thing is we did always have no it was raw it was oh, okay pasta but, but it was a boiling pot never not boiling yeah for six you keep hours adding hot water oh, throughout yeah. the shift yep oh, yeah. yep yeah yeah i remember um, doing that at that was at duff's we did that where no. yeah where we, it was Fresh pasta, right? Like, yeah, not, not made, made by hand, not from a fucking box, not no. from a giant bag. Yeah, no, I had a we had a prep cook at uh, the Italian restaurant I worked at, and and she got there at like noon, mm-hmm. and she would leave by like six thirty or seven, and it was like mostly pasta making. Yeah, I mean, she would do desserts, but like she would start from scratch pasta, mm-hmm. all different types, and make sure that it was ready to go for service. Yeah, hell yeah. That so. said, I mean, like, you know, we kind of ins and outs and segues of of catering or whatever. But like, as far as like, that's part of, I think, at least from my experience, what it took to run a large scale catering event was just oh, yeah. to, to make sure that everything, each person gets the exact same thing, unless you're doing like, you know, uh, Schaefer's and and. Yeah, and I mean that's that that's some of, that's some of it just, too. But yeah, other than that, yeah, if you're plating it all, oh shit, oh, yeah. yeah, oh shit, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fucking weird. I now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. My first, I thought it was Duff's this whole time. I worked in a retirement center, nice, and was like, I was for breakfast and lunch out there, yeah, and it was catering style where we did like they would pre-order. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever meal they were having and then, you know, whatever sides and all this. Yeah. But we would just sit there and like bring everything out. And it was all pre like arranged, right? Like the, the kitchen yeah, staff like, there was on Sunday. It's, yeah. you know, hash brown totally eggs. I forgot and, about that. And yeah. now that we're talking about this, I'm like, shit, wait, <laughs> I used to have to like have all these like different sheets and know who was who and yeah <laughs> and well and especially with like dietary restrictions yeah. and i mean like that's one of the things too that i'm sure that i don't even remember if a fucking we, lemon lady i don't <laughs> i don't think we touched on that with jennifer because um that and i'm, I'm sure, sure it's something has she be. has to handle but like i'm sure it's every time she's yeah. handling that and probably more and more right Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) But yeah, so then I think like one of the cool things that she was able to talk about was how many different ways that can look, right? Like these large scale events, whether it's like holiday party just for the staff or Um, uh, something that's like, I mean, specifically destined. And then there's just different different pop possibilities within it. Well, I mean, I think about all the pop ups that we've done or or that people that we've know have done um i mean i randomly bartended a, a wedding at a venue where i had no control over any of what was going to happen or whatever i mean like i didn't have 
It was just, hey, I really want you to bartend our reception. It wasn't a wedding. It was the reception. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, hey, we really want you to bartend. Um, these are all the things that we're going to have. And these are all the, you know, mixers and things like that. And, like, I had about 30 minutes to where I had an opportunity for somebody who wasn't the bride or groom to, like, (laughs) go and get shit that I needed. Where I'm like, okay, look, I have no problem using a plastic cup as an ice coop. Right. But I'm going to need, like... Four more bags of ice and tell me where they are and I and make sure that I have them and then I need a lot more cups and what like if this is all of the tequila that we have this is gonna be a problem this is this is gonna go poorly yeah. yo Adrian the mushrooms are a problem <laughs> so like, I've been telling people for four hours but no people, they're, they're still a problem <laughs> yeah but it was one of those things where like it was you know I didn't know going in what the money was going to be like. I knew it would be all right. Yeah. But it was a fun deal. And I was like, oh, fuck it. You know, I'll just do it. And it's only like three hours. And you get to be a part of a really cool ceremony. Yeah. And like the experience around it. People are like super stoked to be at a reception. Weddings are super fun to work because you just are... As the bartender of... I've uh, been a pop-up bartender at shit like that for uh, a long time. At those weddings and that kind of shit. Like, it's so fun because you... Generally, if they're asking you to do it, they know you. Now, yeah, I've yeah. worked for companies where I didn't know who I was doing it for. And it was still right. fun. Sure. But when you know everybody, you just you just end up partying with them. And oh, you know what yeah. you're doing back there. And they're just... They just want somebody there. And you end up making money. And it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I mean, I, I think I worked four hours and I walked with like 425. Oh, Jesus. Fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and it was done. It was shut down by like 11. Yeah. Most so of the like, receptions well? are not till the break of dawn or yeah. anything. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go spend at least a quarter of this right now. <laughs> going yep. to see my homies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Now, I mean, like on the other side of that, like of the catering and you know, big banquets and things like that. Another thing that we want to touch on here is the lack of necessary health care in the service industry, right? Yeah, I mean, I, what, I think it was when you you started bringing up some of the articles about it that I was just like, oh, Jesus yeah. Christ, like nothing, no, nothing's ever been offered to me, right? Like, you don't think about it because 17 it's like a, fucking years well, but do you think in about an industry. It, like when people start at like 13, 14, well not 14, 13, 14, but maybe, but at least like 16 to like 30, let's call yeah, it, right? right. Large part of society has no healthcare need at that age. Correct. Yeah, like when you look and, at who's mostly engaged in the restaurant industry, right? Right. And then you're generally pretty healthy there. And the issue with that is it's that's something that is taken advantage of by all employers. Well, and has been. And like, I wouldn't single no, out no anyone. knock on them, dude. I right. mean, like, if I if I owned a restaurant, you know, if it was financially viable, of course you want to offer it, right? Yeah. It's a big expense. It's a huge expense from a business owner standpoint, right? But. I mean, yeah, I, I try to think like 
no one, I don't think it was ever even talked about, right? Like I didn't even consider it mm -hmm. until as we started getting older and realizing, Hey, that might be something I need. Yeah. You know, I, I racked up a few medical bills. Um, sure. Right. Most of which of mine at that time were from self-induced dumb stuff by maybe There'll falling some or sparkle stuff. shorts that we're going to talk about later. <laughs> maybe some falling down once in a while. Yeah. Um, but I'm lucky, right? Like I'm a, I was a healthy person. Mm -hmm. Not everybody is that lucky. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there was no like underlying, you know, health concerns or nothing that like you were born with that was a deficiency or right. like a disease that developed that prevented you from doing just like a normal job. And and those diseases and maladies and and pre-existing conditions exist and they should be you know able to be covered able to be covered right. while still be, because the person is still able to work right they're able you know? to do their job and and most of them well right like yeah at a very good level more than just average right otherwise yeah. you you are probably just not going to have that job very it. long anyway yeah. um we but yeah that's like just 200 pounds of coleslaw fucking non-existent say <laughs> I mean, slob them carrots, man. <laughs> stop <sick>. it. <laughs> I know where you're going. I'm not. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a problem. That I don't know. It, I'll have to look up percentages, but like how send, many people send us are some info. Info at sparkleuppod.com. Send us some of your experiences, your positives and negatives is with respect to healthcare. In your service industry position, previous, current, um, because yeah, I don't know enough either about it because no, I, I've never worked at a place where they're like, oh, by the way, we're also going to offer this. I worked at one place, one time where they're like, we're going to establish a four hundred one k. I was like, which is shit, dope. sweet, yeah, but healthcare, nah, no. yeah, I haven't even you have to be like a salaried it. employee for that, and yeah. no fucking service industry person is. Like as a manager, maybe, but like, maybe, but I mean, we're talking, yeah, that's what I'm, my question is like, how many, how many, what percentage of the actual population works in the service industry that has never been offered that, right? That's a fucking problem. A lot. That's a fucking yeah. problem. So well, anyway. no, because it became, <laughs> yeah. well, because then it became like, uh, you know, when they had like nationalized the healthcare.gov thing where it's like. You got to have it. You're forced so. to go get it. Which, I mean. Yeah. Here's right. an affordable option. Yeah. Of affordable health care stuff. I mean, without getting too, like, you know, governmentally yeah. political, whatever. It's still just a, it's a topic that needs to be addressed. And especially if it's like you want these people that care about the, the position, the profession that they're in, whether it's serving, bartending, in, in, in a, like, chef's role or any part of it and no. why would you not want to promote from within which that's a whole nother egg it is we don't need to get into that today we can uh save that for our bullshit non-industry talks later <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but at this point i think without further ado let's bring in uh jennifer mm -hmm. and have her tell us what's really fucking going on what oh well, i mean other than rolling rock being you know this beer, beer. It's beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Rolling Rock. It's just beer. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to creating more content and helping the uninitiated learn about the service industry world. If you are enjoying the show, please do share, like, and subscribe. You can find us at sparkleuppod.com. That's with two Ps. We will be releasing merch soon as well. And if you are really enjoying the show, you can go to our Patreon to show your support. There's a link on our site, and we have many levels to choose from. Thanks again. Now back to the show. All right, so let's welcome in one of my longest friends, or longest term of friendships, uh, Jennifer. Jennifer, welcome here. How are you today? Hello. I'm good. Hello. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for making uh, yourself available on the second or third try. Yeah, I think we got it right this time. I mean, I wasn't going to point that out, but yeah, facts. No, it's okay. <laughs> no, we'll call ourselves out on that. That's it fine. It is what it is. We can't. We can, it's we can my do that. pleasure. It is. We got a pile pleasure. of yesterdays I cannot change. Yes, exactly. No. Oh, I like that. That's deep. Yeah. That's deep. That's, that's, that's that burrito supreme life I live. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So yeah, Peter, um, I loved how you avoided the word oldest when you described me as the oldest friend. You're not the oldest friend. I have much older friends, but you oh, okay. longest stand. One of my longest standing oh, friendships that I have is with you. Oh, okay. Standing. I think at this point, what we've known each other. Shit. I was under 21 when I met you for sure. I think I right. was just barely 20. And so that's Correct. now 18 years. So, wow. Yeah. A young 18 pup. fucking years. How does that feel? Because <laughs> for me, it makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> Age is inevitable. Age is a gift, right? You know, the fact that and we've earned these get something. years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So since uh, obviously our listeners won't know anything about you yet, uh, why don't you give everybody and tell us a bit about kind of how you first got into service industry Um and, you know, what kept you in and what made you maybe want to not be in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So my first job in serving was with Steak and Shake on Campbell. Um, I was 16, got a job there, um, which was really fun because I was right next to Kickapoo High School. So we had a lot of action from the students there. And coming as a Catholic school girl, it was very exciting. Um <laughs> When I was there, I worked in all aspects of it because I was pretty stubborn. So I actually trained on the line. I trained on prep. I trained uh, drive through But waiting tables was where I found mm, probably the most joy and satisfaction mm. and money. Um, yeah, what was the so, part that like? What was the part that gave you the joy of of doing the table service stuff? Um, you know, it was an opportunity for me to build my communication skills, um, to just learn how to initiate conversation with strangers, um, to get to just kind of be a different personality for table. And as a thespian, that was fun. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a scary thing, right? Like going up to a table, I remember that feeling too, where you're just like, what? Yeah. The first few times, especially when you first do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And different jobs would elicit it again. Yeah. Whenever I went to Millie's, which is where I met Pete, um, I had worked at multiple restaurants in between then. I mean, even in Puerto Rico, I was, I had work, uh, worked at Outback Steakhouse, but going to oh, Millie's. Oh, that's right. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Yeah. Puerto yeah. Rico Outback. To, <laughs> <laughs> which was an interesting experience too, to share. But um, I do remember that, that fear and that insecurity of having to do wine service suddenly at a table and presenting yeah. a wine and opening the bottle of wine and the anxiety that would come around that. And do I have my wine key? Do I have a bank? Um, 
but I do, it's interesting how even four years into the service industry at that point, um, the nerves were still there about initiating conversations mm-hmm. with individuals yeah. in a city that I hadn't been in for a while. Um, yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a good, that's a good intro for sure. I think we're going to dive into a few of the experiences within that anyway, as we go on. But, um, at this point now, um, you are currently tell us where you're living and a little bit about what you're doing. I don't want to spoil it. I want you to tell us. <laughs> uh, okay. I live in, um, New York city. I work for Ford foundation center for social justice. Um, really exciting. Um, but what I do there is I, I work in events. I work for the internal events. We also have external, but I work with the programs within the foundation in planning um, gatherings to forward their mission, to uh, bring conversation about, to celebrate um, programmatic areas, just all sorts of different fun yeah. stuff. I, I do internal events like employee engagement stuff. Uh, the Christmas party was one of my events. So Nice. Yeah. yeah. It's, so it's some fun. of the in-house. It's, it's very rewarding. Things, but also, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're, are you doing it? So you're doing it on location at a specific site or do you do, like you said internal. Thing. So yeah. that's what I'm curious about. So, yeah, we have, we have two different arms. We do external events. So if you are a grantee within our organization, you can apply to host an event in our space. We basically, the president, Darren Walker, decided that he wanted to take this gorgeous historical building, renovate it and create not just an office space, but an event space as well. So we have 12 different event rooms from like a full size 300 plus seating auditorium to, you know, a a room on the 12th floor that just has this beautiful panoramic window that faces the East river. You can do dinners or funder briefings or panel discussions. So um, yeah, yeah. cool. we do external groups. So if you are a grantee or if you align with our mission, you can, uh, apply to do an event there and then um the internal events so for example we have a an art gallery within ford foundation and so i do their events (laughs) like i do the gallery opening so i'm working right now for the gallery opening which is going to be april 4th and just putting together all the different the private receptions the public opening the vip tours kind of that stuff um, oh, that's fantastic. Man. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so honestly, I got to stop. Peter, do you remember when I got this job? Because you had actually visited New York. I was there when I, yeah, you had just accepted. Yes. And I had just yes. come. That's the only time I've been able to come up and visit you. And it was my yeah. first and only time in New York at this point. Mm-hmm. Awesome city. I did fall in love with a lot of the aspects. Not so much how much living is there. I didn't <laughs> right. didn't, didn't, didn't care for that price that right. I was told from everybody. <laughs> didn't care for that one bit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, no, it's ridiculously expensive. <laughs> yeah, so crazy. But yes, I do remember because we ended up. I have a picture of you right outside the building because we walked downtown and into that area. Uh, you know, walked by the UN, uh, saw all the flags and everything there. That was really cool. And then walked right past the building, and there's a picture of you right in front of it before you had even started oh, yeah. your first day. Yeah, I made you take that picture. I well, not made you, but I, I do remember very do much it. so being like, please document this moment for me because I'm absolutely work here. Um, it was surreal, and I felt very lucky considering yeah, the things that had come prior to that. You know, is that four years ago now? Um, three years I am ago, three and a half years, three and a half years. So I started yep. wow. December fifteenth of two thousand nineteen. Um, yeah, because planning it on a whole just, different reality there. <laughs> of course, right. right. <laughs> yeah. well, but you know, like that Rachel. changed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, one of the things that I love is like that. You know, it's still definitely service industry. You've just kind of stepped into this whole different realm of it, 
And, you know, you have to still create experiences. You have to still be aware mm-hmm. of that. There's obviously still the actual engagement with other human beings. So, yeah, yeah like having that background is, you know, paramount for sure. The multitasking in high stress yes. situations. That's one of my favorite kind of phrasing that I would take from the restaurant industry to put in resumes. I can, I thrive in high stress situations. I can multitask because these are the things that you do pick up in the service industry. Your, yeah, your sure. customer Absolutely. service skills, your ability to re- remain calm in high stress situations. Um, just the logistics and catering to people's needs. Um, there's so much, yeah. there's really so much that you can yeah, exactly like recognize take that away those from things. this industry. Yeah, recognizing those things before they arise even, right? You know, it's like, okay, well, you can see it from that side of it. You can look at look at it through that lens and kind of be like, okay, well, what what needs will arise? Like, what, what are going to be the problems that are going to occur? Like, how do we mitigate those or avoid them altogether in advance, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I joke and I say that, like, you know, not a lot of people that I work with in this industry have come from restaurant background, but those that have have this mentality where they can walk into a space and they can take survey and they can see even if everything looks perfect, they can see 10 things that need to be adjusted, fixed, refilled, whatever addressed. And I think right. that, that is very much a service industry kind of background because you did. Absolutely. No matter what, there was <laughs> straws to be filled. <laughs> there were uh, yeah, you're watching the every door you needed detail, to greet, yeah. food in the window that needs to be taken, some dust <laughs> yeah. on a ceiling fan that nobody's touched in a while. And, oh, that trash needs <laughs> to go out. So Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. You're always, and I mean, you're always specifically looking for every little detail. You're looking at, you know, drink levels. You're looking at, mm-hmm. yeah, where does it, you know, what needs still needs to be wiped down? How many glasses? Whatever, you know, like everything. And that kind of detail can be translated to what you're doing for sure. You know, that's it's what just, elevates you. Yeah. yeah, that's what elevates you in that industry. That that attention to detail. And I mean, just being a, a patron and a customer. When I go in places, I. I don't mean to judge, but when you spend 20 plus years, oh, it's you know, I do kind of take that out. Oh, God, yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. Impossible. Well, I, so, yeah. we had yeah. my, my brother's girlfriend, Claire, on recently. Um, she's fantastic. Gave us a bunch of like really cool info about whiskey and whatnot. Um, but yeah, one of her things is like, it's just, I mean, I don't really remember where I was going with this now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. Yeah. 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 It's just like, it's like we're all judgmental fucks, is basically, I think, what just, she said. It, that's exactly it. Yeah. But like how judgmental bartenders are in general. Like yes. we already are going to yeah. judge this yeah, shit. Yeah. Before out of you everything. sit down, before you get to the bar, I've already seen you and made a decision. <laughs> like, and not, or a multiple well, the way, yeah. not amount of decisions. I, <laughs> like, like how the way drunk I look is at it is we spend, uh, you know, yeah. Well, we spend so much time catering to people's needs that I think when the finally you have the opportunity for somebody to do that to you, you have a high standard for it. You're like, listen, I spent my entire week making sure that everybody else was content, full, happy, engaged with whatever. So Mm -hmm. when I am allowing myself that moment, I have a high standard for it because damn it, I, you know, I do a good job with it. So why can't you? So I think exactly. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think we were referring to the like judgment of the customers, though, as 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 the bartenders, right? Like, oh yeah, the moment mm-hmm. someone sits down, you're already like, oh, here it comes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like this is gonna be oh, a fucking nightmare. shit show. Oh, great, <laughs> <laughs> like we're in a nice place here. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. inevitable. All right. Well, before we start diving too hard into that, like I know um, you briefly mentioned to me, like sometimes when you've done these events or met people um, that you've gotten some really unique opportunities to 
either experience something that you wouldn't have thought possible to be a part of or something like that. Do you have some examples of some of either the events you've held, hosted, or been able to be a part of because of the connections you're making now? Um, yeah, just this past year, there's definitely been a shift because, you know, you kind of work your way up in places, but, um, so I, I actually got to do an event when we were in pandemic with Danny Meyer, which was a really cool experience because we were talking about the future workers. And, and I know that there's a lot of controversial thoughts on, on his practices, the, the elimination of specifically tips and, and increasing wages for, uh, mm. industry workers, uh, but then also providing healthcare and stuff that, we don't normally get. So mm-hmm, right. that was such a cool opportunity because it was during the pandemic. And basically they were talking about workers' rights and and a lot of it was PTO, paid time off and healthcare. Because especially during the pandemic, those, those of us who were still working in the service industry, you still had to go to work and you didn't have the luxury of like, I need to take two weeks paid off for my health. Um, right. Yeah, absolutely. And it was sad. It was very, it was very frustrating and very sad. And, and the demand and the expectation of people of you to be like, Oh, why can't I get my food faster? Or why are they short stat? You know, there were so many things. That right. Um, but that yeah. was a really kind of cool experience, especially during a time when like everything felt so helpless and scary and sad, in my opinion. Um, I mean, there was so much then, uncertainty, so much uncertainty yes. at that point for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but yeah. Espe- I mean, especially in, I, I can't tell you how many restaurants and bars and things that I know closed down because they just couldn't make it. Yeah, I mean, I can't yeah. imagine having been being in it at that time and being like, I don't. I mean, you just can't. You have no idea. Yeah, you have you no idea what's going to happen. It's not like you can work remote <laughs> in the service industry. No. You can't. You can't just no. get on a Zoom call and, and serve you can't take food. off for your kid being sick. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. It, it it was it was heartbreaking. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was a really kind of enriching experience, and then for one of my own personal moments, um, I do a series called, uh, ideas at Ford and their book talks where the president of our organization sits down with, uh, new authors, um, on their work that is coming out. And I, there was one in particular with this woman, Devaki Jane, who was, um, incredible, incredible feminist, um, from India and who spoke about her journey, um, in liberation and just, uh, her best friend came to speak with her who happened to be Gloria Steinem. Who is oh, how about that? One of my <laughs> of all time mentors, like it, right? Yeah, God, absolutely. I, I, I legit yeah. had to go to the bathroom and cry because I felt so overwhelmed by you know how the fuck is my life really this right now? How's this happening? Um, right. How did I get to this? How did I get? <laughs> here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To hear this woman like talk about uh, women's health rights and everything like that, and her experience and f- being a feminist and in college and in young adult and in domestication, finding a spouse. It just, just the whole idea of the, the feminine role and hearing it from somebody who is an mm. icon. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. those oh, yeah. experiences that I definitely feel I have been graced and blessed with working at Ford. I mean, I'd say so. That's, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. That's pretty freaking awesome. Like, I mean, well, you kind of touched on something else earlier too. I was thinking it was just like, you know, the issue of like no healthcare, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. and is that something that kind of got you away from like what you were doing to get into this now? I mean, just that, to yes. have that opportunity. I mean, it's not, not necessarily, you know, people don't necessarily go to get a job just for the money, right? You know, it's like, there's gotta be some, you know, ancillary benefits as well. 
Yeah. Um, you know, it's so it's funny you, you bring that up because we were Pete and I were kind of talking about this earlier and, and how much I was willing to disclose on on this, like what kind of motivated me to make this transition to um, not so much just working at Ford, but working in a corporation or an organization facilitating their events. It was like, I want to be able to take my knowledge and get the fuck out of restaurants. And, and <laughs> yeah, I felt right. bad feeling that way, but that's where I had reached <clears throat> a point. Um, yeah. So. It's yeah, valid I mean, for a lot of us. I was going to say, we we both had, I mean, have had similar moments of just realizing like it's not for us. It wasn't a good fit anymore. Right. It's not, we're not growing in any way. We're not um, able to really take any next step. Right. There's no next step. And there was, or whatever next step there is, you don't fucking want, you don't want, right. Yeah. I don't want <laughs> mm-hmm. to be the GM of this, of this, you know, Always restaurant that I'm going to make less money yes. yeah. and work longer hours. Like, why would I do that? I always wind up yeah, being the, the guy with the keys. I don't want to be, I hate the guy the with keys. be on call 24 seven. Cause you are, yes. it's like, yeah. even when you're on pay- vacation, it, yep. this place can't run without you. Right. That kind of mentality. For sure. That's I mean, how it would, that's how it is for me right now. That's how it feels <laughs> a lot of different ways. And I mean, yes, definitely for, I mean, for me, that big contributor was healthcare. Yeah. Any sort of benefit, right? Like anything at all. What what was available to me in any of the work that I did restaurant industry? Zero. Zero was ever offered. Zero was ever talked about. You know, the, the hell, half the time that you know you're making stuff, they want you to claim all these fucking tips and all the cash and it's like fuck you. You already take everything from me. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, we were reading an article I was shared with Pete the other day too about like how you're supposed to technically like clock in at a, at minimum wage until service and then clock in under a tipped wage, which is like, you know, nothing. And yeah. that never freaking happened. And then clock, like once service is over and you've got to do like closing duties or whatever, clock back in at the minimum wage, which is technically legally what's supposed to be happening. And just never, ever, ever does anywhere. You ever done that yourself? I, yeah, I no, never did. That. No, because <laughs> no. the reality of the matter is the, the the general manager would tell you just to go ahead and clock off and stay off and then roll your responsibilities onto another as opposed to allow you to clock back in and make more money. Um, Correct. Yeah. Because it's very money oriented. Um, yeah. 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 Well, it's like it's, they're, if they're not open, they're not making any money. Right. But there's still got to be opening duties. There's still roles. Yeah. You got to be there's a lot of prep that goes into every day yeah. at any restaurant, bar, anything. There's yeah. always a ton. And that's some of the stuff probably people don't know about. And maybe we can find somebody that'll talk about some prep cook stuff. And I know I sure as shit can. I loved prep cook, but yeah. it's a lot. I mean, yeah, I, you just get high and put in headphones. That's exactly why I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I just got high, high as a fucking giraffe's ass uh, and put in whatever music I want. 200 pounds. Sounds going to be awesome. Like, absolutely. So, but yeah. You ever seen this much coleslaw, man? It's amazing. <laughs> Dude, check out all these cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm peel all of these I kind of remember that phase. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm, I'm sure. Yeah, you were definitely yeah, a part I of do. Life, I do. I, I remember that phase back then. <laughs> yeah. um, these cucumbers. That's too funny. <laughs> I don't know. That's fucking great. Um, oh, my God. But yeah, like, uh, I mean, I know that, again, we don't want you to have to talk about anything that you don't feel comfortable with, but is there any like personal experiences <laughs> that you would want to share to kind of shed some light on how, how that lack of healthcare or lack of any sort of benefit has hurt and has, you know, put more of a burden on you um, and your own experiences that I'm sure many 
other people can relate to. Yeah. Um, you know, there are, there are two solid kind of examples in my life, which are very raw and very vulnerable, but very much what everybody is experiencing. So one of those would be, you know, I've taken medica medication for depression for a very long time. And mm. it was something that was always a song and dance and anxiety, like inducing about how am I going to get this? How am I going to be able to mm -hmm. afford, you know, the difference between a right. copay $5 Wellbutrin and $100 Wellbutrin and then the cost of the doctor. And then because I yeah. work in an industry where they question my my authenticity and my, my mental health needs. So they're like, does she need it? Does she, I have to prove that I am struggling. Right. Um, and oh God, so yeah, I hated that stuff. The relief I found when I finally just, it was just too much. And so I'm like, I need to be at a place where I can have insurance. And now it's, it's such a sense of it. I, I, I can't even explain that transition to finally having healthcare where you're like, wait a minute, I can just walk in say, I need this. You don't even bat an eye. I do like a five dollar copay yeah. for the visit, and then spend five dollars for the med. Like it, it's mind boggling to me, and so sad that there's so many people who don't have that as a reality, and that it took me this long to get there. Um, Absolutely, but, yeah. You know, and then you know the other one, and this was the big transition really that took place. Um, I was working as a manager in a restaurant in Jersey City, and it was pretty much the last restaurant I worked at. It was a really great experience. I got to do, I got to facilitate drag brunches. I would do venue buyouts for, yeah. for corporate <laughs> Christmas parties, um, weddings, which gave me a lot of the groundwork um, and the experience that I needed for what I do now. Yeah. Um, and so I had been experiencing a lot of um, unusual symptoms um, without going into too much detail. I thought that I was losing my, my uterus basically. And so I remember putting off going into the doctor for weeks and really even talking about it with anybody at work because I didn't want to be in imposition and I didn't want to, it was embarrassing and I didn't have the, the PTO and I didn't, it, there's so many things. And so I remember yeah. finally talking to a female bartender where I worked and kind of explaining everything. And it was like, well, you have to go see somebody. Well, if you're uninsured and you have to go see so, somebody for, female wellness, you're, you're looking at going to Planned Parenthood, right? Which is oh. love them hundred percent, thousand percent behind that organization. What they offer the community is just, you can't replace it and we need them. Yeah, it's vital. <laughs> Thank you. That's the word. However, when you are going in to deal with some procedures, you are dealing with a uh, bare minimum as far as care, comfort, yeah. support, to be honest. You're not yeah. getting numbed. You're not getting handheld. So, you yep. know, it turned out that I had a, a polyp on my cervix to be in all transparent. Um, mm -hmm. and, and this was a pretty hardy kind of procedure that was going to have to take place. And, you know, I remember talking to my sister about it and she, she got emotional because she was like, I would have been an OBGYN with a glass of champagne, waking up with somebody like <laughs> rubbing my hand, whereas I was fully awake for the procedure. Like there was a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I'm like sitting there going, I'm creeping 40. I'm having to do this in my life. And this is, mm -hmm. and, you know, once you kind of get to a certain age, you start to evaluate your health and your wellness because you realize life is a gift. And this is all we got, right? Yeah. The next day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. This is all we got. <laughs> um, and things break a lot more when you get a little older. And so <laughs> I, I just was kind of like, tricky. it's. I was in my mind already at this point. Like, I, I'm done. I'm fucking done. I can't do this. I walk out. Yeah. I'm on the street and, and there's a stand-up bit that my parents always said I should take because I was like relieved that I wasn't losing my uterus. And I get on Instagram and I'm scrolling and all of a sudden I see my job and there's a posting that says, we want to thank you for all the years and all of the, the, 
the whatever, what you've brought to us, but this is our last day. Um, I'm a manager there, mind you. Mm. Nobody has called yeah. me. Yeah. Great news. Nobody that's, has how you, that's how you messaged find me. Instagram. Nobody has texted me nothing. And I'm a manager there. And so I've just found out standing on a street corner in lower Manhattan, now front of Planned Parenthood. Yay. I got my uterus. Boo. I have no more job. <laughs> so Christ. French Canadian I just, <laughs> <laughs> I remember just being like, I mean, you know, here comes the depression, here comes the anxiety, but I also kind of handled it in this mentality to be like, you know what, I'm going to see, because this job has closed in the way that it has, I'm going to do something I've never done. I'm going to check out unemployment. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take advantage of this benefit and I'm going to see if yeah. I can get myself a different fucking job. And what's Absolutely. stressful and frustrating is the timeline in trying to get a job in most of these organizations, industries, educational, whatever it may be, you're looking at six to to eight to 10 weeks of wait time, wow. which in the reality oh, yeah. of most people's life, they can't Isn't, wait for. But you yeah. can't, they not, don't not, have the money to wait for it. Yeah. You don't have, you know, 10 grand to just spend on rent for yeah. that amount of time and, and hope to wait while and they get back to you while you go through the interview process, while you, right. you know, weed through good, weed through bad. And, and so that transition, that jump is, is sometimes damn near impossible for a lot of people. And I was kind of blessed with the situation, but <laughs> not where it was like, okay, they closed with zero notice. So, I can do what everybody else does, get on unemployment and and take that time. Um, And I did. It took me a couple of months. Um, I I got a little gig as a a catering coordinator for a bagel place, um, which I had done that for Panera in the past. And down in Lower East Side. Mm. And I was like, okay, kind of a little sad because I was really wanting, like I said, to get out of that kind of aspect altogether. And within a few weeks... (laughs) The, the sexual harassment and the demeaning behavior um, and the stuff that had been said about me behind my back, like, why does she need to earn this much? She doesn't have a child and she's not married. Um, even though my weeks. worth, yes, even though my worth wow. was above what they'd even offered. And I, it took me a long time to be able to say that as a woman. Uh, yeah. Um, and yeah. so I, I left there. And yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you did. <laughs> and was like, all right, so here we go. Let's, I'm going to, I'm going to have, I'm just going to hold my breath. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to think that the universe is going to do good things. And so I ended up going through a temp agency. Um, and cause I was thinking it's the holidays. We're creeping on the holidays. Now people are yeah. going to go on vacation. I'll be able to like fill in for somebody's yeah, be great. Yeah, and then exactly. maybe endear myself to this place. Exactly. So, uh, my first assignment was event or venue coordinator um, with Ford and kind of went in there with like this mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Went in with this mentality of like, (laughs) they're never going to get rid of me. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Like you're, yeah, you're not getting rid of me. But it was, (laughs) I will tell you in all sincerity, it was a thousand percent my service experience, my experience working um, in, in catering, whatever that got me that job. It wasn't yeah. my degree. It wasn't that I had come from another really high end so, um, social justice organization. It, it wasn't any of that because I didn't have corporate experience. Right. But yeah. I had people skills that were that were above and beyond. And I say that it's, you know, I'm very yeah. confident about that. Um, that were above and beyond a lot of the individuals who had come with their PhDs, their masters from wherever they met, <laughs> had been. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. They may have been able to school me on Excel, but, <laughs> <laughs> sure, but, right. but I could communicate with people. Exactly. Differently. Um, so absolutely. And that's long its own story there, that. but yes, no, that no. is how I pretty much was like, 
done. Um, I am moving to, I want to transition. I want to take these skills that are, I mean, it's just, you can't replace what we learn in this industry and, and take it and try to do something different with it where there was more job security, there was insurance, there was a future. This episode is brought to you by Amaro Montenegro, our soon to be sponsor and favorite cordial to sip for any occasion. Beyond every team, there is a story. A good team isn't made overnight. A connection like this is rare, but when you find it, there's nothing like it. Open up and settle in. Hashtag friendship calling. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, honestly, yeah, thank you for being open and yes. sharing that with us. I mean, that's, I know it's, there's some very personal things that you were sharing there. And it's, I do, I really think and hope that, you know, some people that can listen to this recognize that, you know, they're not alone, that this is very common, actually, unfortunately. And hopefully some of this can, you know, maybe open up a few fucking eyes to, Maybe offering some healthcare or at least like making sure that people can take time off when needed and not feel like they're going to lose their job because they needed a day to go to the damn doctor. Yeah. To have some self-care or yeah. Or yeah. just, or just clearly self-care stuff. And yeah. so, I mean, Sunday. that, that is, you know, the whole point and why I was, I thought it would be a good thing for us to cover. I knew that you had some really good insight and that you've seen, at this point now, finally, both sides to where you have healthcare, you have that comfort level. And if, if you will, can you just speak into what that feels like now? I know you said a little bit before, but like the difference, right? The the difference between the anxiety and what it is now. (laughs) It's like the amount of work I was able to get done just dental wise um, was kind of depressing that I hadn't been able to do this yet. But then it was also just like, I went home from the holidays and, and my father was just like, oh my gosh, your smile. I'm like, thanks. You know, I was able to get some stuff taken care of. <laughs> Finally got a mouth guard for like my TMJ, which is something I've wanted to do for like 20 years. Oh my um, God, I was going to say, so, ever since I've known you, yeah. I know, my TMJ is horrific and it's only gotten worse with stress. Um, but it's just, and and what's what's funny is that I still exhibit, I still put off making appointments because I still mm. live in that fear and anxiety of being able to unprovide, not being able to provide, not being able to just, I, I have a lot of trauma going into doctors. Um, and when I went to the dentist for the first time, I'm like, how much do I owe? And she's like, Oh, you're insured. You're like, what? 20 bucks. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, exactly. sure, yeah. do you want to double check? Cause I'm afraid I'm going to walk out of here and you're going to like send me a bill for like 500, yeah, get, you know, a thousand dollars. I'm know. getting 800 to a thousand dollar bill when I, I when I get home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's, you know, I, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to make time to go to a dermatologist, but because these are things that like, self-care yeah. and taking care of yourself. If you can't do that, you are useless to anyone else. And Correct. Yeah. That that's yeah. something where we get so neglected and just used until we are abused and then done um, in, in some of these industries that, you know, we've all worked in. And For sure. so, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I can even take a mental health day now where I work, which is sometimes I've actually been like, Oh my fucking God, I really need to just not be at the office today. And I don't need to be, connected to the computer yeah. and I can yeah. ask for yeah. that and be validated in that request and right. not Huge. feel like I'm asking for too much. Cause it's right. like, Oh no, it's yeah, part of the culture please. already built in. So it's, Take a it's day. not asking for extra. Yeah. It's asking for what yeah. is well, it's already going to end. We're going to be fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Exactly. One of the things that I always hated too, is just like, you know, when you get back, this is an issue that we've experienced both from, taking, you know, golf trips together and coming back and being like, oh, really? Nothing? Nothing's done? You just left it all for us to, to still do? 
Cool. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. And I mean, yeah. we still go through that yeah. now and it's just, it's just part, I think it's just part of professional realm for whatever I think fucking it's reason. Being, I think it's excelling at what we do and being handed the responsibility of that. And knowing that, like you said, like, uh, you know, the place won't exist if we don't, if we're not there, like what the fuck. But I think that's just part of what we put on ourselves a little bit too, right? Yeah, so I think it's, it's like, a little bit self You know, it, yeah. sure. if we don't, if we don't give a shit, then we're one of the staff. But to be in a, you know, not necessarily a position of power, but like a decision making leadership, though leadership position, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's because you care, and I mean that definitely stemmed from like being scared to go to a table. You know what I mean? Like to when you're yeah. being, when you're a server, it's like if you're not if you don't have that feeling, then you're not going to get the a positive result really at the end you know it's like it's, you're just gonna kind of waffle through yeah i don't know something like that yeah <laughs> something like that <laughs> I, you know and it's funny it's you know it's funny i've always thought that that weird culture that takes place in the restaurants where you have those individuals who are just badass at their job they got great temperaments they they show up and then you have the few that just fucking do the bare minimum just, and yet mail it in. Yeah. Every day. They no, and, mail and yet in. they don't go away. And so it causes right. this kind of tension <laughs> in between the staff because it's like, listen, I'm the go-to. I'm always the one picking up shifts. I'm the one who actually does the side work correctly. I'm the one who's, you right. know, gets the percentage or whatever it may be. And yeah, you don't get fucking rid of like Joe Schmo over there. Who's making right. 10% and a tip pool. And doesn't know how to restock a beer cooler to save his life. I don't understand. It's not hard. Just won't, or just won't hard. do it. But you know what I mean? It's dick. just like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a perfect segue to what I was going to ask, which is yeah. you know, terrible bartender server yeah, thoughts. I was, it was right in Things there that have annoyed you with staff, customers, management, you know, it's like, uh, like, like a little bit earlier. It's like, it's a little soul cleansing, but yeah. Like what the fuck? You can't stock the beer cooler, Kevin. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You just make oh it refuse, you piece of it shit. Make, or, or the liquor order. Oh my God. That was one thing at Millie's that would make my fucking head explode. I would come in and I'd be like, are you serious? Are you ser-? There's like Why 30 cases here? of shit sitting here and it's been sitting here for two days and nobody even took the initiative to take a, a case of Bud Light and put it up there. Oh, it was just nope. on demand. Just on demand. Okay. Cool, right. Cool, I just, cool. I'm just going to grab one bottle. I just want, <laughs> yeah, I just need like, this one. I just need this one. I'll just get this one makers. <laughs> Oh, put fabulous. them all away. Thank you. Fuck's sake. Fuck yeah, off and die. God. No. <laughs> exactly. Is, I don't know why it would like cause my head to explode. Um, you know, I will say when I started working in um, New York, so one of my first kind of jobs that I got there was waiting tables in the West Village. And it was such a cool experience, like comparing that to what I had experienced um, back in Springfield. And we won't name restaurants, but pretty much all of them. This is what it was like. So mm-hmm. except for Kai. Kai, you all had um, hosts. So you actually had that little bit of like luxury, I will say. Right. Others yeah, that I've worked at, you were expected to be the host, Everything, the food yeah. runner. The, yeah, the expediter and the food runner, because as we all know, if you've worked in the industry, those are two different things. Um, yep. Answer yep. phones. Um, greet, it just plus you're doing the service. If hour. you're a bartender, you're doing the service well, <laughs> and you're doing the drinks for the people. In the, so you're actually actively waiting on people. And they would take it even one step further, and they'd be like, we're going to give you the bar tables. Cool. So mm-hmm. now I have a section. I have an eight-person bar. I'm doing the the service well. I'm running expo and running plates to everybody in the dining room, which orders. is the other. I got to oh, greet yeah. the motherfuckers at the yeah. door. I'm taking – oh, to-go orders. Don't even – yeah. I have yes, two exactly. tablets here, one for Uber Eats Love and it. one for Postman. <laughs> like, yeah, which, right. 
So, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not the coffee. It's so, fine. It's just nice. I'm not tapping it's, it's like, it's not, it's No, it's good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> but I'll say, when I went to New York, I was like, damn, they have it good. Because we have these wonderful individuals that are the server backs, right? And so right, they yeah. are the ones who, they run your food, they they pre-bust your table, they reset oh. it in between courses with fresh, fresh cutlery and at plates. Oh, oh yep. my gosh. They, like, oh, yeah. you basically just focus on, because I, I, I wouldn't say it's an order taker because I hate when people minimize what you know, we do, right, but you right. Absolutely, focus on yeah. the service experience. You have to have such intimate knowledge of the menu and every ingredient. That was yeah. another difference. So- I was like, well, oh, and you're you guys, like this is Kush. Liaison. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like you're not really concerned with the menial task of like handling plates. You want to make sure the guest is taken care of and their needs are attended to. Yeah. yeah. And then, or like you cleaning said, the bathroom mid service because that's what they right. would ask us to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do the Jesus. Can 20 you take minute, all the 10 minute out? bathroom check? I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and going into places and you see the people's initials like every 10 or 20 minutes. Yep. Like, yeah. because they yeah. had to go do the bathroom check. Now, it, to that point, though, I mean, like, I also would want to know if there's an issue with, like, where the the sink's running or overflowing or the toilet's clogged or we're out of paper towels. Like, yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. You know, no, I want oh, yeah. you to tell me if that's happening. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you did. I think you brought up a great point that we've mentioned, uh, I think, several different times with different people. Like, your role then becomes solely about the experience. It's not just... Yeah. You know, I, I'm glad you said that we're not just fucking order takers. No, none of them. Mm-hmm. Nobody that's doing it is. I mean, maybe if you're at a window of whatever, you know, short order style, that's different, right? But yeah. even that, there's still an experience involved, right? And that's, I think, what keeps the people that like it, that kept us all in that wow. long was we liked being able to provide that experience for people. Yeah, yeah you connect. I would have my regulars... Um, at, it blew my mind that I developed regulars <laughs> in New York, right. like, cause you would think you're a dime a dozen and I would have people that would genuinely remember and kind of come back and sit with us. Um, it, it is, it's more than that. And what I really enjoyed about in New York was that they forced us to, they, they didn't force it, but the education was a huge aspect because we were tested. We were tested monthly, um, on our menu knowledge and, um, our bar knowledge. And if we didn't get a certain grade on this test, we, our percentage tips for the next month would drop a little bit, um, which was an incentive. Yeah. And so I would need to know like the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Because there are those of us who are putting, we're busting our asses with our two and three other jobs. And it's like, you're, like I said, you've got, it kept more accountability across the board. Yeah. I was going to say, it kind of balances out what you talked about earlier with the, that you have, you know, Randy who won't fucking ever bust a table, (laughs) but you know, it it kind of balances that out a bit more. Yeah, Randy will want his one drink and leave your other one drink on the service well. That drives me fucking it, insane. Bro. If you're gonna run a drink, run <laughs> all the drinks there. Yeah, <sighs> what are we doing? Like, oh man, yeah. <clears throat> oh, the only thing here are you, you like. dick. <laughs> yes. oh, that's what, that's what this whole section is all about. This, yeah. the terrible bartender server yeah. thoughts. It's all about yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like. <laughs> Part of the you're gonna pre-bus a table, pre-bus all the tables in that vicinity, people. Yeah, hands <laughs> full, hands in, motherfuckers, full hands out. Like run all the food, hands are full. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All the tables, hands are full. It, like, come on, it gets us out quicker. It gets our job done faster. It's only, I yeah. mean, yeah, it's just sometimes I people helping it would, people. It would be mind-boggling how it just 
not everybody is built the same. And that was definitely something that you have to accept in that industry, in this industry. You're like, well, some people just don't get it. They just genuinely don't get it. And I'd say that, you know, while there is that type of person in the restaurants, those, and the higher up you go in the restaurant world, the less and less of those there are because they just can't make Mm -hmm. it, you know, and, and there's a lot more of that I see in like corporate world than in the restaurant world of, you know, fine dining or things like that, where it's like, you know, you, you don't even get the job if you don't have your shit together. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. And it's not about like, okay, I'll say one interesting experience that happened in the New York restaurant. It's not about the customer always being right. Right. So this is actually two, which is kind of funny, but I was, it was one of my first week there. And, you know, we got a lot of high end individuals who made a lot of money who thought that they could do whatever the fuck they wanted. And Mm -hmm. I had one individual who had kind of fixated on me while I was waiting tables. And so I was trying to ring in something in a back corner and he came up and went to lick my face. Um, what? Uh, I'm not, well, in case, you know, you're leaning over, you're sitting there, punching things in on the computer. Then, you're very focused, trying to remember what the yeah. top just told you they ordered. Cause you don't want to write it down. And, and Damn right. exactly. you know, all of a sudden, right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm badass, please. And all of a sudden, some <laughs> of the fuckers come in and licking me on the face. Um, what right? the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and actually in Puerto Rico, I had somebody, they tried to reach into the middle pocket of my apron for a pen. Um, and again, this was a guy and it was one of those where I was like, please don't because we all know yeah. where that is stationed yes. for any mm-hmm. of us, male or female, right there on Come top on. of yep. things. And so he went to, and I had a tray jack in one hand and a tray. I was at Outback. So a tray, you're like five plates of steaks. This is back when we still use those. Now they yeah, yeah. Um, And I, I, I was like, what the Your hands are full. So I kicked him. Um, and I remember having to tell my I had to tell my manager this later, and he was kind of upset for me. And I was like, "No, fuck you! I'm sorry." Yeah, I told People him don't not get to, to touch do it. my body. They do no, not no. do that. This is that's no. not how this works. I am not on the menu, which was something that you know we would say a lot of. This podcast is not brought to you by Fireball. If you are enjoying the show, please share with two friends, subscribe from your favorite platform, or check out our website at sparkleuppod.com. Follow us on our socials at Sparkle Up Pod for Twitter and TikTok, at Sparkle Up Podcast for Instagram, or just Google Sparkle Up Podcast. Drink tomorrow, Montenegro. Uh, oh, God. Fantastic. And the fact that you had to say it a lot. To, <laughs> yeah, which is horrible. Horrible. Yeah, that or at the end of the night, you don't love me. You just love me because I got you drunk. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I know you think you love me. No, you just love how shit faced you feel right now. And that's because mm-hmm. I helped. Um, yeah. Please go. Right <laughs> now. Yeah. I know you guys got that a lot. I know you did when you were working Kai. At the end of the night, people not wanting to leave your bars because they were all Twitter pated. Uh, maybe a couple times. Maybe a couple times. Yeah, I do remember one of the first times when I, as as he likes to say, uh, channeled my inner him. Yes, because <laughs> uh, he's always like so polite and sweet and like. To the point where I could tell he's like being taken advantage of, and then like when he would get mad, I'm like, "Oh, you channeled your inner me." Yeah, and like there was there was one <laughs> night where he so it was like these group of girls, and they're just you know they're woo girl and oh, dumb shit, you know whatever, this. and like 
googly eyed and all that stuff. And of course I'm eating the shit up. I, you know, I, the ego in me just let, like, let that roll like a motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, but the, towards the end of the night, you know, one of the girls gives me her number. I had, had no attraction to them whatsoever. Yeah. And I just remember in front of them looking at it and throwing it right in the goddamn trash can. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, what a piece of shit I am. But you know, at the same time, well, fuck you. <laughs> well, but I mean, on the other side of that too, though, there was also the time where it was like, dude, you just have to be a dick. If you like this girl, that's unfortunate because oh, you don't want to be. Right. But mm-hmm. if you are a dick and you ignore them, your, your chances go up. Your chances go up. <laughs> He's like, oh my God, that worked. I'm like, it's unfortunate. It sucks. It sucks. It's not for every girl, obviously, but but it did in that instance. It was successful. Sadly, it does work on a lot. I, I yeah. will say it started to drive me crazy when people would do that. First of all, it's it's really fucking offensive. It's like my Exactly. I'm gonna make money off of you, base you're gonna tip me. And now yeah. you've just yes. factored something into the equation that's going to make things very uncomfortable. And now I feel like I have to placate or whatever. It, like it would really make me very angry. I'm like, why would you yeah. do that to me right before I'm getting ready to run your credit card? Because now I have to. And it's sad that that would go through my brain, but it would be like, okay, I got to well, flip yeah. back because if not, it's going to, this is going to affect my tip. Um, now the, I have that, to hide in the server station and stay away from the environment because I, I just want to be able to get through my fucking shift. Yeah, I'm just trying to fucking work. Yeah, we've had several yeah. people talk about that experience. Uh, the, the 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 couple women that we've had on, I think, have all experienced that. And yeah, absolutely. I, I in my mind, I don't think there's probably there's probably none that have ever not experienced anything like that. Right? Like yeah. it's probably and creepy, pretty- creepy, creepy. I was working at Fox and Hound, and one of my customers says to me, um, "When I drove by your house the other day, I noticed you needed to oh, do a what power the fuck." Wash. Oh my God. I'm sorry. How the fuck <laughs> do you know where I fuck? live? I no never talked to you about this, whatever. And then that was also the first time I experienced. I remember um, somebody gave me for Christmas like a hundred dollar bill in an envelope, or it, was, it may have been more than one hundred. It was a few. And I remember talking to my dad about it and being like, "Whoa, this is this is kind of." I was like, "This is nice." He's like, "It's he's showing me his appreciation for the work yeah. that I've done." And my dad was very point blank, and he was like, "I, I hear what you're saying." However, give it back <laughs> because there's an expectation that comes right. now from you accepting right. that. And, and it's unfortunate that you can't, but the world we live in is not like that. Give it back. Yeah. Um, Ugh, and I did. God, and yeah. I, I remember going back in the next day or two days later or whatever. And, and he was offended or whatever. And it was just one of those where you, you, you learn how to talk to anybody. So you word it in a way where you're like, I just can't, da, 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 da. not offending them. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, Don't yeah. feel yeah, uncomfortable. Just, yeah. It would amaze me the situations that would, that was so, <laughs> was no matter whether I was in Springfield, whether I was in Puerto Rico and whether I was in New York, cause I've waited table in all three environments. Yeah. Same shit. Oh yeah. Same yeah. shit. People are still shitty. People are shitty everywhere. Well, in order to sp- spread some joy at this point and yes. kind of change it up, we're going to move into some of the hilarities uh, that we that we like to do with our guests, uh, some of the weird stuff. So uh, I know you're aware of our Marry One, Fuck One, Kill One, the MFK of yeah. drinks. Yeah. And yeah. because I've known you for as long as I have, I think I have a pretty solid one. It's going to take you back. Okay. This is a, this is a throwback one. The time traveling MFK. Yeah. Oh, so, I, I, I'm going to be th- so thrilled if I know what you're going to say. I think you might know a couple. You might. Uh, but we'll see because okay. it's going to be okay. interesting. No, so, no particular okay. order. Right. No particular order. Okay. House and Cabernet. I think what I'm going to fuck, marry, or kill. Okay. House Correct. Yeah. yeah. House Cabernet is one. Okay. Cab. Okay. A Boulevard Wheat, specifically Boulevard <laughs> Wheat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And and here's the here's the one, the Millie's <laughs> chocolate martini. Oh wow! 
<laughs> so I would, uh, I would, I'd marry the Boulevard Wheat. Okay. I go. would fuck the chocolate martini Ooh, and I would yeah. kill that house cab. Yeah. Is well, what you thought? Well played. Well played. No, I didn't. I didn't I, have anything. No, I didn't. I didn't preconceive in oh, any way how man. you would actually go with that. <laughs> I will so. say, I know the Boulevard Wheat was my favorite. I have evolved. I think living in front of a brewery during the pandemic helped. But um, I'm an IPA <laughs> girl now, which is bizarre. No, and I mean, last like time, the hu- yeah, yeah, like last a hard IPA. Yeah, yeah. and last I remember working. Out, I like, yeah. Yeah, the IPAs now. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember that, cool. that slow progression of beers trying to like and but Boulevard Wheat always yeah. near and dear. I know Sorry. that I know St. that Louis. is it's St. one Louis of the top Pope. ones for you. That's all right. <laughs> it is That's what it is. Right. You're in New York now. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Fuck fuck anybody else. Oh <laughs> six point okay, so six point IPA. Six point is one of my favorite breweries that I discovered up here. There's been lots. Um, but that has been really fun, you know, and I don't know why I didn't like realize this was the fact that there's craft breweries everywhere all over the u.s all over the world and they have different kind of varietals that you can't find in other areas so that's right yeah Yeah. like i never would have been able to try this had i not been living here Um, yeah exactly right so it's a wonderful proximity all right well now uh, my favorite part Mm -hmm. um i think maybe both of ours i'm not sure but uh favorite part of the show where we get to ask you to list off five things that make you awesome and i know you can be pretty self-deprecating but this is the time to do the opposite i know this is my least favorite that's why honestly (laughs) we are preparing for this i was like this is is the sparkle time this is time to sparkle up exactly Mm -hmm. but i mean okay so what am i solid what makes me awesome my five nieces and nephews they're Fucking amazing. Um, every single one of them. Uh, and they span from, you know, eight to 22, 23 now. Don't even say um, that. Don't even say I know, that. I know, I know, I know. What? I know, I know. I'm not going to go. But um, they are. Just getting to watch them become, I know, Annabelle, she just graduated college. God. But just getting what? to watch what? them what? grow up. I know. I know. I'm old. <laughs> I'm sorry. It doesn't I'm get do that any to better, you. by the way. No, it doesn't. doesn't get any better. Oh, no, it just keeps but happening. Getting to watch them be like these autonomous individuals and have their own personalities and and mature, you know, go through the teen yes. years where you're like, oh, I love you, I swear, and then they come over this kind of crest of like eighteen or nineteen when they they really start gaining an appreciation of of the people in their life, life in general, yeah. the work yeah, they do. That way. To, yeah, so definitely those five. Um, they're, That's they awesome. Make me awesome. They don't um, count as individual. They don't. And the awesome list, it's that's one. That's one. That's one. Yeah, that's only one. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel douchey saying this, but I feel like my job, I, I've worked so hard to get to this point, And there are days where I, I still question, you know, a lot of it, <laughs> the sacrifices yeah. that came, um, the, the long hours that I work. But I feel very, very fulfilled working for an organization that fights for equality, fights for social justice. That, you know, is environmental justice, workers' rights, uh, women's reproductive rights. There are so many things that that I was always very important to me. And growing up kind of in the community that I did, I I, I tampered, you know, you, you pushed it down. Right. And I, yeah, I, absolutely. I would like to think yeah. that I was opinionated and, and an advocate, but no, no. I have to be honest with myself. I, I could have been better. I should have been better. And so now I this makes me feel awesome being able to do yeah. this. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, my <laughs> my that's tenacity um, and my right. I'll take that as yeah. a three. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I, take that as a three. Yeah, I think that's I, probably going to come through in this episode a little bit. I don't quit. 
Right. Yeah, I don't. That's, that's for damn sure. Yeah. I don't. Um, also, sometimes to a fault, but I think that you know, life, the rewards that come from that are, are beautiful. I I like to. I don't like to, but I found that I I like <laughs> to move into the uncomfortable more than most people. Um, no. because being in that uncomfortable space is where you grow and where you find shit that you will never find before. If we just stay comfortable Absolutely. all the time, we're, we're plateaued. We're not learning. We're not developing. Um, so yeah, that's okay. That's three. That <sighs> yes. I mean, well, fucking <laughs> said. Very oh, awesome. oh, oh, you know what, what oh. makes me awesome? Being a motherfucking Puerto Rican. Boom. There's a four. There's number so four. So proud of my, my Boricua heritage. Um, and I've become more and more proud and engrossed in it the older I got. I'm actually in the, the Latinx ERG at work, which is something that I, I didn't feel like I was worthy of. Or, or I don't know why, because I am uh, mixed, I guess. And yeah. it's one of those where I don't, I've had my whole life either repressing parts of that culture or being told that I don't outwardly look that way when it's yeah, like, told you, you don't know, look one or the other. And so right. you're, you're and my neither, favorite thing, right, right. My favorite thing was like, um, <laughs> very Puerto Rican body. I came out of, um, I speak Spanish. I went to college in Puerto Rico. My minor is mm-hmm. in Spanish. There's, I, I thoroughly engrossed myself in the culture. What more do I have to do to validate that? Um, there was actually a poem Nothing. that uh, somebody did that was mas boricua que yo. And it's uh, none more Puerto Rican than me, than myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's that, it's this like, yeah, mixed roots. There's actually an ERG at work. This is, this is corporate life um, for individuals <laughs> that grew up in bicultural households or something like that. And it has been such a rewarding kind of uh, experience getting to talk to the people and have these moments of identifying where you're like, ah, yes, uh, I get that. And Wow, I feel so validated. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, five. Was that, four? that was four. We need that a fifth. Four. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. four. Five. Okay. <laughs> Again, think you can think about experiences, mm-hmm. things that you've done. I mean, shit. Your your number four was like six different things. Correct. Yes. That, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, we're, we're going to count it as just one, but we're counting it as just one. But yeah. Um, I I think that my artistic self is my, my creative self, the artist in me. I don't get to embrace it anymore. I walked away from doing um, acting, um, except during the pandemic, got back into it. Um, I love to create. I love to make art. And whether that is yeah. with textiles, with writing, with, uh, with, you know, stage stuff with, um, in any way, uh, even just creating a comfortable home for yourself by hanging some pictures in a very decorative way. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I like curating, <laughs> curating something. Yeah. So I yeah. think that's, yeah. And I, I, I lived with and have known people that don't necessarily have that skill. <laughs> and so yeah. I consider it, yeah. I feel very lucky. Um, and I think that that's an awesome thing. That is awesome. I would 100% agree. That is a fantastic, <laughs> awesome list. Um, we can't thank you enough for making yeah. time. Honestly, Jennifer, this <sighs> has been an absolute treat. I'm so happy to have had you. Big heart sparkles. Come on our come on our show Huge with us. Heart. It's Huge heart sparkles. Super heart sparkles. Yeah, sparkle mm-hmm. sparkle heart emoji. Sparkle heart emojis. <laughs> I, do that. I like it. Yeah. Yep. This was amazing. Yeah. Sparkle no. hands, not not even jazz hands. We, yeah, I mean, like, we've had an excellent yes. conversation. Um, <laughs> I'm sure, and I, I know that James and I talk about this all the time. That you know, we 
we will hope to have you back on. We can look for lots of other topics. We, we barely scratched the surface on most things yeah, here today. Exactly. Um, so w- as we think through some more, and especially if you think of any, please reach out, let us know. Yeah. Um, we'll set up another time and get this happening again. Um, but I for would now love and to. that absolutely. would be fantastic. for now and, and always <laughs> as always sparkle up, sparkle up, sparkle up. Thank you again for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share this podcast with a few friends that would enjoy it as well. Word of mouth is always a great way to get others interested. As mentioned, please do like, share, and subscribe. You can find us at sparkleuppod.com with links to everything sparkly. If you want to become a member sparkler, go to our Patreon and find a level that fits you. Every bit counts. Thank you again. As always, sparkle up. Sparkle up.